Welcome. If we have not met yet, my name is Melanie and I'm married to Stuart and um, I've got two wonderful boy boys, one called Levi and the other one called Asher. Um, today we had um, our picnic at Towngate Park um, and then the year six leavers party at our house this afternoon. So we gave our year sixes a great send off, partly because this year has just been a tough one, hasn't it? But also there are nine of them leaving kids work going up into youth, which is a great big group. So we've had a super time with them. And then I had to get degrind so that I could be on this with you lovely lot. So I, I don't know if you know this about me, but I I like um, one-liners so I like like phrases catch a hold of me um, and and they just they just take root in my heart and I and things start happening when I hear certain phrases so um, over the kind of football season I really enjoyed this phrase um, we still believe um, and I've got to be honest I still believe I like um, one-liners that have like dual meaning so when people are singing a song, I think to myself, I do still believe. I do still believe that we're supposed to see more miracles than we currently see. I do still believe that Christ is returning again for his bride. I do still believe that he has got more for me to do. And then the generations that follow, he's got even more for them to do. I do still believe. So I love I love phrases like that. Um, I really enjoy Grey's Anatomy. And at the end of this, I'm going to get 25,000 WhatsApp messages that tell me how inappropriate it is but um, I do enjoy it I like a good medical drama and I love this phrase it's a beautiful day to save lives and one of the surgeons uses this when he goes into theatre he puts on his hat it's like part of his you know religious practices he puts on his hat and he says to all the staff there, he says, it's a beautiful day to save lives. And then he cuts open someone's head and works on their brain. And I love that phrase because I think every day is a beautiful day to save lives. I think there's something on the earth that God wants to do. So I remember the first time I heard him say it, I thought to myself, it is. It's always a beautiful day to save lives. We've got a well-being series coming up and we're going to brand it up with this um, this phrase, well with my soul. And I think in well-being, I've been thinking about it loads. I've been thinking we're not truly well as a people until we get ourselves right with God. Like you can do all of the well-being stuff you like, but we're not truly well we're not truly fixed. We're not truly whole until we actually have our souls sorted out, until we actually have our very being sorted out. And so I, I like printing stuff on T-shirts, but I do this for this reason. So if you turn, well, you don't have to, I'll read it for you. So in Deuteronomy 6, it says this, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to the commands that I'm giving the, you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands, wear them on your foreheads or print them on your t-shirts as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house 
and on your gates. You see, I honestly think it's really important to carry around the things that God is saying. Like, like, so when he speaks to you, when you get words, I write things down on little bits of paper and I tuck them in my little tiny pocket in my jeans. You know, that little tiny pocket, you've got a main pocket, then a little tiny pocket. I tuck scriptures in there. So when I'm out and about, I can read them, handle them. I print t-shirts like this. If I wasn't a wussy, I'd um, probably have a tattoo with it written on, but I love to carry around the things of God. I love to carry them. And I love it when other people say what's that about why are you wearing that so someone said to me the other day when I was wearing it's a beautiful day to save lives they said oh you watch Grey's I said I do watch Grey's I love it I said but this statement for me is about Jesus and and an easy get into conversations you see I think the people of God are supposed to literally write them on their doorposts have them on their gates write them across their foreheads carry them around on their t-shirts and recently on social media B used a phrase where she said we can't wait to be together together and then she hashtagged it at the end hashtag together together as soon as I read it I thought I love that You see, we have been together as a people throughout all of this. So we can't say church is opening back up because we never closed. We can't say Sunday meetings are happening in September because they never stopped. We can't say we can't wait to get kids and youth work back on because it was never off. You see, we've always been together throughout all of this. We've just changed how we've done it. We've not been in a hall. We've been on Zoom. We've not been in our houses. We've been in gardens. We've not been all together in a main meeting, but we've walked in ones and twos. Man, we have walked in Sutton Park and all the surrounding areas. We've trodden hundreds and thousands of steps. We've been together. However, we have not been together together. We've not been collectively in a room, all of us together, together. We've not been face to face, all of us. We've been together, but we've not been together, together. So tonight I've got a few friends helping me and I'm going to help us a bit further to look at what it means for us as a people to now move into together, together. We've been together. Church is not closed Church has always been on, youth work, kids work, we've worshipped, we've taken bread and wine, we've done so many things together, but now we've got to work out how to be together, together. So I've asked B, because of the phrase that, that just caught my heart, I've asked B just to read the scripture for tonight. So if you've got a Bible, she'll tell you where to turn. Okay, so I'm reading from Acts in the New Living Translation, chapter 2, 42 to 47. All of the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. 
Thanks, B. Absolutely beautiful. I'm gonna I'm gonna tease some of that out, and I've asked a few people just to share what it's gonna mean in this next season to be together together. So, Gemma, can you please tell us what you're excited about for real life youth? Hi everyone, uh, my name's Gemma and I have the privilege of leading the youth team that looks after our 11 to 18 year olds. Uh, the things that I am most looking forward to in September are being able to gather the young people together on a Sunday morning for teaching and activities in person, being able to learn from the Bible and grow together and lay hands on them to pray for and to encourage them. I'm really looking forward to having the New Year Sevens join Real Life Youth, helping them to grow, and having the new young people who've joined us over the last year with us on Sunday mornings too. And lastly, I really can't wait for Real Life Youth to be able to gather with our whole church family for worship and to see them be together, together across all of the ages. Thank you, Gemma. We can't wait for that either. We can't wait to see our young people all in that room. Oh, we love it. Dave, I'd love you to just tell us what it's like to sit, set out the chairs and then listen to the preach word. Hi, everyone. My name's Dave Bowen and I lead the setup team with my wife of 22 years, Hayley. We're just so excited that the church is going to be meeting together, together. I can't wait for us all to be together, lifting our voices in worship to our Lord and Saviour and hearing the word of God. Setup is special to me because, you know, when the team arrives, opens the shed and starts putting the chairs out, it's just a school hall. We put the banners and the chairs out and people start arriving, which I have to say is just lovely in and of itself. And then... Finally, when we're all together, Stuart says, welcome to Real Life Church. If you haven't met me, my name's Stuart, and I'm the leader of this church. If you haven't been here before, we're all about Jesus. Oh, I've missed that. And it is, it is at that moment that, for me, the magic happens. The Spirit of God is present in his church and we've gone from a crowd of people in a school hall to a congregation worshipping in his church and hearing his word brought to his people. It, it doesn't matter if I've had the best week or the worst ever. This, for me, is the highlight of my week. I feel just immensely privileged to be involved in the setup of our church because to be part of the setup team is to be a servant in the temple of the living God. And it is just a joy to serve in this way and wonderful to see his church come alive every Sunday. And I, for one, cannot wait to be together, together once more. Oh, Dave and Hayley Bowen, that is why you lead that team. Like, I want to sign up at the end of that. I'm like, pick me. It's, it's awesome. Thank you so much. I've asked Ade just to share what it's like to sing and worship. So, Ade, over to you. Hi. If you can hear me, can you please wave? Thank you. So, I had this picture 
a while ago. It was May, I think, um, May 2020, actually. I was out running and praying and I had this picture. Actually, at the time, I thought perhaps it was a dream, but it couldn't have been a dream because I, I was very much awake. But in the picture, um, I had I, what I saw was um, it was the first day back after lockdown that all of us were going to be in church in, in that picture. And it was so special because we were doing this service differently to how we normally do it. Um, the worship team were already on stage. It was set up. It was full band. Everybody was on there. It looked very similar to what we, how we have it at Christmas. Well, if you haven't been at real life, you wouldn't know how we have it at Christmas. But um, everybody was on there. It was, it was kitted out. Everybody was so excited. And um, we were everybody was already singing. So the congregation basically walked into church with the band already on stage and singing praise worship. And it was a massive praise worship um, instead, of, instead of how we normally have it. And, that, and the song that we were singing is the, it's called The Blessing by Elevation Worship. If you don't know the song, I'll put it in the, in, the, uh, in the chat. So that is the picture that I have of Together Together. But I realized when Melanie asked me to speak about this and I was praying, God, what do you want me to speak about? He reminded me of this picture that I had over a year ago and said that is the thing that I want you to share so so that is what hashtag together together looks like for me and I look forward to meeting all those babies that have been born in lockdown who have not heard the worship worship team sing and celebrate I'm looking forward to all of us just being together and doing that so that's it thank you oh it's beautiful looks like we have to sing that song the first week back hey um Mark I'd love you to just share with us what it's like to eat around the table and share bread and wine together. Lovely. Can you guys hear me? Give us a wave if you can. Lovely. Hi guys, my name is Mark and I co-lead a wonderful life group uh, alongside the lovely Hannah Tipper. And uh, life group for us, so we, we follow the model uh, eat, chat and pray. So we gather together, we share food with each other, uh, which is very special for me because we are blessed with some incredible cooks at our life group. And I have an incredible capacity to eat. So that's a very, uh, works well for me. And we have, um, we basically, we, we chat together. So we talk about our weeks. We talk about um, our highs, our lows. We, we, we dive into the Bible. We talk about topics to do with our faith and our walk with Jesus. And we pray together and we break bread and various uh, alternative options uh, to take communion with and there's although I was thinking about this although life group doesn't start and end at the dinner table and we keep connected in other ways and through COVID that's been various different ways there's something really special about sitting with one another in a dinner table and talking and chatting and eating and praying life group for me is a place where you can be uh, real and honest and vulnerable and you can be open um there's a place where you can learn you can grow but you are supported and you are encouraged and you are loved and for me there's no other place that's represented most when you are sitting at a dinner table with your brothers and sisters and you are sharing in laughter or tears or whatever emotions that comes across when you do life together uh, so for me it's a real privilege to be able to eat and chat and pray and talk at the dinner table with some wonderfully unusual and 
peculiar characters. <laughs> so if you're not plugged into a live group, then yeah, definitely do it. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. That was an excellent pitch for live groups. So if you're not plugged into a live group, perhaps you want to put in the um, chat, pick me, I'd like a live group. And then lastly, Sarah High is just going to talk to us about what she's looking forward to in kids' work. Hi everyone, can you hear me? Give me a little wave. Marvellous, I'll get started. Hi, I'm Sarah and I lead one of the early years teams in Real Life Kids. And I just can't wait to get face to face in front of the kids again, instead of seeing them through a screen. Um, I'm really looking forward to reconnecting and building relationship again with the children through play and games and conversation and fun. I'm really looking forward to the interaction that you get and the reaction that you get from them when you're actually in front of them. Um, leading kids is great and often they totally take you by surprise. Um, their questions and their comments are just brilliant. Sometimes you think that you are explaining something completely amazing about what God is like and they're like yeah of course he is <laughs> and then other times I love to see in their faces when they grasp something new about Jesus and what he's like and what he does and what he's done for them um, also and this is probably a bit weird but I actually really like noise and I don't like silence I try to avoid it so I'm really looking forward to the buzz of all the children in one place and the conversation and the laughter and the giggling and the excitement. Thank you Sarah we too are looking forward to you looking after our kids aren't we families. <laughs> you see hashtag together together although B did put it out there on social media I want to say with all with a humble heart that I think God got there first with this one. I think it's always been his design from the beginning of time to have us be a people that are together together. So even if you go right from the beginning of the book and look at the garden and you look at Adam and Eve walking with God, no separation. And where it all went wrong was where separation came in. And actually they could not be together together. They could not be face to God, face to face with God right from the moment that they chose to eat of the fruit and then lie about it basically there was separation but God's heart and God's purpose and God's design is that he would be face to face with his people and they would be face to face with one another and you see that all through the old testament so you have the ark of the covenant you have this gold covered chest where the presence of God dwells and you've got manna in it to remind them that God provides and you've got Aaron's staff and you've got the Ten Commandments and you've got this thing that they carry it around so that they've always got the presence of God with them because actually God's heart and God's desire is that he would be together together with his people and then you've got the temple you've got Solomon who built the temple as a place that people could come and they could be together together with their God but also with one another like how crazy would a temple be if we went individually one at a time it was intended for it to be 
be full of people and full of God's presence. And then you get Jesus arrive on the scene. And if ever there was a man of together, together, man, it's him. Like one of the things I love when you read the gospel is noticing that he just won't be contained. He just won't be held up in a building. He just won't be hid away. He's out there with the people and he's touching people and they're touching him and he's eating with them and the religious people are are like freaking out because it's not in a in a chest in a box that's carried around and if you carry it wrong you might die it's not in a temple behind a curtain and again if you get it wrong you might die he's there in amongst the people touching them holding them talking to them eating with them he literally is hashtag together together and then you've got the church and you think, what did God set up? He said, actually, I'm, I'm going back to heaven, so I won't be with you. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit, and I want you to be together, together in one place. I want you to eat together. I want you to hear the preached word together. I want you to worship together. I want people outside that look in and go, I want that. I want to be in that community. He wanted a people who shared everything they had with everybody who had need. He wanted a community that were so face to face, they were loving one another, they were serving one another, they were correcting one another, discipling one another. You see, this community, if ever there was a community on planet Earth that was supposed to be together, together, it's God's people. It's us, it's the church. And what this, what this virus, what this time has done is it has made us work out how to be together in in ways that are not what we were made for and we know that don't we I mean honestly we know that although zoom although we've made do with zoom it is not what we were designed for and although we've made do with whatsapp groups and although we've made do with one on one and although we've made do with an hour remember those very bleak days in the beginning where you could go out once for one hour We've made do with all of those things, but honestly, in our heart of hearts, we ache for something more. We ache for more people. We ache for more interaction. And although we want it to be safe and although we want people to be careful, what we're hankering for, what we're hungering for is that. And then if you skip to the end of the book, you get to the New Jerusalem. And what you see in the New Jerusalem is suddenly the dwelling place of God is with man. So you've had the garden, you've had the Ark of the Covenant, you've had the temple, you've had Jesus, you've got the church. And then God says, when I come again, when I wrap it all up, what I'll bring down, what I will bring together together will be a brand new Garden of Eden. And it will be where God is with his people, dwelling with his people. And there'll be a great multitude, not wearing masks, not socially distanced. They will be standing before the throne of God. They will be singing their hearts out. And that community of people won't know whether to bow, whether to raise that. They, they literally won't know what to do with themselves. They'll have palm branches and robes that are dipped in blood because they're washed by the lamb and they will not know what to do with themselves because they will be face to face with their savior. I mean, I literally sometimes when I read those words I just think I, I I just can't wait for it 
I just long for that. And whenever I'm in worship, whenever I hear the word preached, whenever I'm in community around the table, what I see is glimpses of it. What I get is a taster, a trailer, a teaser for what is to come. And my heart races when I'm in his presence, when I'm surrounded by his people singing, praising, worshipping, when the word is being preached in power and the sick are being healed and, and, and the lame are walking and, and people who are not saved are going, what must I do to be saved? Something in my heart races because I know that this is what I was made for. And what I want to say to us, church, is we must get our hands back on this stuff. We must long for it, excite for it and do all we can to touch it, to actually have it, to regain it because we were made for it, because it is what God has intended for us. And what we've been through has been devastating and it is still devastating around the world. It is still devastating. And I'm not naive to that. I think throughout this, we have tried to lead as leaders wisely. We've tried to be godly. We've tried to be careful. But I now know that God is saying, get your hands back on this stuff. Bring it home now take hold of what it means to get to be together together so I want to suggest some things because I know when we speak to church that some of you are going yes and you're at the front of the queue and you're running in and you've thrown your mask away and you've you're done with social distancing and all you want is everything back on I also know that in our family there are people who are saying I'm scared I'm worried I still have health issues people are still Still getting poorly people are still being hospitalized people are still sick I myself might get sick so what I want to say right up front is we will not leave any of you behind like you're our family like we are called to be a family on the earth and what it says about us when we're together, together, when we're in one place, when we are caring for one another, when we are looking after one another is powerful. So we are not charging ahead and kicking you to the curb if you are still worried. What we're doing is we're saying we want to start walking in this direction and we are going to come back and help you wherever you are. So I want to suggest a few things. And this is for you if you are in real life church and this is for you if you are in any church. These are things that in this season now we need to do. So the first thing is this, we need to face our fears and our concerns head on. So all of you are expected and will be respected for your opinions. You just need to talk to people and tell them. You need to say, I'm one of those people that is burning my mask and I am all in, or I am one of those people that come Monday is not going to adjust much of what I've been doing. I intend to wait and watch with the numbers. We want you to be able to speak up and face it. We want to work out together what to do. So what do we do? Do we have some kind of hybrid thing going on where we've got some of it on line and some of it in person what what do we do in a life group where some of you want to meet in the garden or in the house and some of you don't and what we're not saying is come to this or forget it we're saying how do we work this out what we need is for you to speak up and you to help us process it 
So we won't know what some of these things are unless you tell us. We won't know what some of your concerns are. So in life groups, tell people where you're at and what's going on. And I would encourage you, even if you're not in this church, to speak up, to say what it means for me to be together together is I have these fears and these concerns and start talking about them. That is one way I do believe that we can start working out how to be together together, because we can listen to you, hear your concerns, hear your worries and help work things out. If we don't know what they are, we can't help with anything. So that's the first thing. Be honest, face your fears, start talking about them head on. For us to be together together, make no mistake, we will need to put some practical things in place to make this work. Practical things will be things like this. Our Sundays at the moment have looked like us wearing pyjamas till about midday doing kids work in our pajamas. I make the boys put a t-shirt on if we're taking any photos. So I say, keep your pajama shorts on, but let's have a normal t-shirt on so that if we take any photos of your craft, we've got a good you know, photo. We then have a lazy lunch. We then go out somewhere in the afternoon, a park or meet up with people. And then we, we then get online in the evening. For us to be together together, we've got to work out how to get up and out by nine o'clock most weeks. That's going to look different. I've got to ditch the pyjamas. It's going to look different. And we've got to work out how to do that. We've got to work out how to carve it back in. And it will feel uncomfortable because it hasn't been our habit for such a long time. I think be real about this. Share in life groups. Talk to one another. Say, this is going to be hard. It doesn't make you any less spiritual. Can I like be really honest? There's been things about Sundays that I've loved. So just chilling out with my kids and doing kids work with them. Lovely. I never get to do kids work with my kids. It's great. So there are things I'm going to have to put down. and I'm going to have to carve out a new habit. Having a lazy Sunday morning. Loving it. It's not real life. I've got it. If I want to be together together, I've got to get out of my pajamas and I've got to get out of the house. I've also got to get my kids out. And, you know, my husband can sort himself out, but he'll come too. And we've got to work out how to carve out a new routine, new habits, and new habits are painful. If I said to you from tomorrow, you need to start running five miles a day for the next month or so, that would cause you pain because you're carving out a new habit. You're making your muscles do things they haven't done for ages. If it was me. I'd be making my muscles do things they've never done full stop the end. So you're making yourself do things that you've not done for a long time. Let's be real about that. Let's be real and say to carve this out is a new habit, a new routine. And I think I'm actually going to find bits of this painful. We want to say to you that if part of carving it out to be together together is you decide to come back to be together together, I'm going to wear a mask. I want to sit socially distanced. Fine. Let's talk about it. Let's work out how to do it. Let's carve it out together. So we need you to be real with one another. We need you to face your fears, be honest, but then be real about what it means to carve it back out, what it means to get out to life group rather than sitting in your house. I love it. Our life group's done by about quarter past nine, half nine. I turn off and then I can go and watch an episode on Netflix back in my pyjamas, quick as a flash. I'm upstairs in bed with the laptop on my lap, snacks by the side of me in about five minutes. 
and I can sneak in a couple of episodes before I go to bed. That isn't what it looks like when I'm meeting in life group as person. In our house, no one leaves. No one wants to go home. It's like half 10 and you're like, come on, go home. You know, that, that's reality. I We then fall into bed. That's it. We're going to need to carve out new habits that in places are going to be painful, in places are going to cost us. Next, to be together together, I think you need to work out what it is you can do. So can you get in gardens? Can you get in parks? Can you start re-socialising over the summer to help make it easier for September? And I'm suggesting this carefully because I know what the numbers are looking like. And I know that among us, we have people who are nervous. I, I have to be honest, I look at the numbers and I'm nervous. But I also know that in order to be together together, I'm probably going to have to practice because we've been a four for so long and then a six. And lately, a few times when we're a 30, but that's it. We haven't been anywhere near the size that we are when we're gathered together. We haven't done it repeatedly over a week. There are things about my stamina of meeting with people that just need to increase And so I need to practice it. I need to think, what can I do? Where can I go? How can I help myself be together together? So I might not be ready for that yet, but I might be ready for this here. So I might not be ready for September, everybody meeting together, but I could get myself to a picnic. And I could do that for the next few weeks and see how I get on. I could get myself to life group in the garden. I could get myself to life group in a house. And it's all the steps that I make to help myself be together together. And then lastly, maybe you want to ask, in order to be together together, where can I serve? What can I do? So you might be someone who just thinks, I want to help us get there. I'm aware there will be gaps. What can I do? And I'm not suggesting that everybody's going to be in that place, but some of you will. Some of you will need to message us, message a team leader and say, I'm aware that it's going to take a bit of work to get us back up and running, particularly September to Christmas. Where are the gaps? Where can I plug in? Where can I fill in? Because actually all the believers were together in one place. They had everything in common. They shared with one another as they had need. And it isn't just that they shared food and money. It's that actually they helped make a community work. It's a beautiful picture of what it means to be the people of God. It's that actually we stand side by side and we say, okay, let's build it. Let's put our money in, let's put our time in, let's put our gifts in and let's make this thing a temple of the living God. Let's do all we can with our own hands to build the thing that God has asked us to do. And if I'm honest, when we get to the end of our days, when God calls time on our life, the things we're going to be left with are people and we're going to be left with the things that that we've done and we've invested in the kingdom. God's not going to take one look at your big house or your big job or your big life he is gonna look at your family he is gonna look at your church he is gonna look at your impact and your influence around you those are the things that God will consider to be silver and gold the rest will burn away just like chaff 
in the fire and will reduce down to nothing. So let me suggest when we read the book of Acts and we hunger for that community of people that actually we put ourselves in the mix, that we say, if we want a people that look like that, that function like that on planet Earth, I have to make a step. I have to get involved. I have to get my hands dirty. I have to play my part. I have to get my finances in. I have to get my gifts in. I have to bring myself in. Because the people that are together, together, are going to see planet Earth transformed. And it is the only hope for our nation and the nations of the world. It is the only hope. The gospel's the only hope and the agent or the vehicle for the gospel's the church. It is the only hope. It is the best place to put yourself, your time, your talents. It's the best place to put your treasure. It is the only place where it will not burn up and fade away. So I wanna suggest to you church to be together, together we need to be real and face our fears we need to talk to one another and process it together we need to put stuff in place we need to take it one step at a time need to say actually if I haven't met with more than one or two people I'm going to up it to the sixth I'm going to start working out how to do it how to get back to a place where I'm functioning together together the way that God intended us to be and some of you simply need to say there are gaps here pick me I will fill it I've got strength I've got capacity I've got time I want to plug some gaps to help us get back on track so that's all I'm going to say hashtag together together let's do all we can to help if you are vulnerable and you are struggling we want to know and we want to be helpful no one's going to force you make you or judge you we literally want to love you and run back and work out what we can do to put in place to help you make it work amen